traditionally we just sort of took the view that when you go to work you're focused on your business research and then when you when you're done you know when you clock out at five or six o'clock or whatever that's sort of where your job ends and I think over the past couple of years those lines have completely blurred and now business shoppers I guess you would say are, are still being influenced by advertising and doing professional research in the evenings on social on their mobile devices across a whole variety of channels and so I think it just took a while for B2B marketers to kind of accept that fact and then embrace it and figure out how to properly invest in those different channels. That's Julia Stead, the Director of Demand Generation at Invoca. In today's episode, live from the 2016 Serious Decision Summit in Nashville, we discuss why B2B marketers have historically fallen behind B2C marketers and how intelligent growth can help fuel and sustain revenue-driven marketers today. But first, we take a step back and see how marketing has transformed and changed over the past few years. That's a great question. When I think back to when I joined uh, Invoca in 20, 2012, uh, it, was a, it was a completely different kind of marketing landscape. Uh, also, one thing that changed drastically for me in my role is Invoca itself as a company. Uh, when I joined, it was a one-person marketing team. We were wow. about 20 folks. Now the company's around 160, and we've got about a dozen people on our marketing team. So, so that alone was a change. We also rebranded and did a little bit of a market shift. So four years can seem like a long time, but it's all, it was almost kind of broken into two segments huh. for me. Uh, but what I think's changed the most, um, both with our team and what I've seen more broadly in the marketing world, is um, not to sound cliche, but every marketers are becoming more data driven, mm-hmm. and uh, I think aligning a little bit more with sales and setting more uh, intelligent goals, I guess, and becoming more aligned with goals around pipeline and revenue and less focused on just counting numbers of leads and looking at clicks and stuff like that. So I think as as a whole, marketers are getting a little bit smarter, a little bit more analytical, and this is supported by a huge movement of new marketing technology that has kind of sprung onto the market over the past couple of years that really enables marketers to, to dig in and um, get the kind of data they need to be to make smarter choices and to look at the bigger picture rather than focusing on those kind of top of funnel metrics like number of leads and clicks and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's a great point too. And I feel like, would we be here without sort of the, you know, quick advancement of marketing technology? You know, obviously we've all seen the MarTech stack picture of 4,000 companies. And I feel like that's really though helped make the job of a marketer that much easier, especially from demand gen perspective, if you can properly measure and maintain these campaigns, right? Yes, I think the the different roles in marketing have definitely changed and demand generation has become a much larger part of marketing than it used to be, whereas some other areas perhaps um, like creative or or content, they're still very important, um, but those teams I don't see growing quite as rapidly as marketing roles like um, data scientists or um, different uh, specific types of digital marketers that are really focused on data and and, finding the proof of what's working and what's driving ROI when it comes to demand generation. I know myself, when I started off in my marketing career, I was definitely more of a marketing generalist. Um, My skills were more around content and creativity and communications and stuff like that. And over the past few years, I've really had to beef up my math skills and my kind of Excel wizardry skills. Uh, And it's, it's definitely something that I recommend to all young folks who are interested in getting started in marketing today to really focus on, um, on that, those more hard skills that are more mathematically and data driven when it comes to marketing. Not to make this too much about like me personally, (laughs) but as someone who sort of would consider themselves a marketing generalist, um, sort of look looking to, you know, learn more about the data side, what specifically, I mean, in Excel, what, what should someone out there looking to get into demand gen study, um, what, what are really the important KPIs, I guess, that you're looking to, to measure and uh, continue to improve from your marketing strategy? 
Great question. For me, I think it, it boils down to money uh, <laughs> and being aligned with sales. A while back when our marketing team made more made a switch to more of an account-based marketing approach, one of the big things that we, we focused on was aligning ourselves with sales and making sure that we were sharing similar goals. If marketing's caring only about leads and sales is only caring about revenue, there's going to be a big disconnect and one team isn't really going to care what the other's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think starting with those top level just company goals. What are your company's revenue goals? What are your company's bookings goals? And then doing the math backwards from that um, to figure out as a marketer how much pipeline do you need to generate to help hit your company's revenue goals. Uh, and then those should be really your top metrics. Also looking at things like ROI. So at Invoca, we, we measure a pipe to spend ratio. Mm-hmm. So for every marketing dollar, how many dollars in pipeline is that creating? And so total pipeline in a given quarter and pipe to spend ratio are sort of my top two metrics. And then from there, I, I work backwards and figure out all of the different leading indicators that I need to figure out how I'm going to achieve those goals. So if you're looking at an account-based approach, things like how many engaged accounts do I need in a given time period to result in the number of opportunities that I need, you know, 30, 60, 90 days later. So it's a lot of kind of backwards math and modeling, I would say. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, the point about sales and marketing uh, alignment is really important. And a big part of that, a big part of ABM really is making sure that that is, uh, you know, together and that you guys are communicating. Because if you're going after accounts that sales doesn't find valuable, then what's the point in that? So it sounds like obviously you guys are practicing account-based marketing. What, uh, I guess, percentage of your marketing like allocation is account-based marketing? Are you guys fully account-based or are you still doing some stuff on the side or how would you sort of say that that fits into your overall marketing strategy? It's an interesting question. We started out kind of doing a couple of test cases specifically for our enterprise segment because that's where we thought it would be most successful. Those kind of test programs and campaigns were extremely successful. So we rolled it out pretty broadly across our enterprise and mid-market segments. So I would say about 80% of our, excuse me, our budget time and and human resources are spent on ABM when it comes to those two segments. At the same time, we still serve and sell to an SMB market as well. And ABM just isn't really well suited to that SMB market. And so we've been very conscious of that and stick to more traditional kind of widespread uh, marketing methods for our SMB segment. So I'd say on the SMB side, it's sort of flipped. It's more 20% uh, account based for the few small companies that we're really clearly able to identify and go after. And the rest uh, is about 80% inbound for SMB. Keeping in mind that overall as an organization, the majority of our focus is on enterprise. So looking at the big picture, we're mostly ABM um, with a little bit of the more traditional inbound for our smaller SMB segment. Gotcha. And yeah, I'm curious too. I mean, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. Uh, What uh, about ABM sort of, is it a structural thing that makes it, I guess, a little bit difficult? That's something I've heard, you know, folks just say sort of SMB is a little bit harder. What what about it though uh, makes that more challenging? For us... Oh, I think probably actually for most marketers, one of the most important and also hardest parts of ABM is picking the right accounts. And so it's it's easier to come up with a model of what your kind of prized uh, enterprise and mid-market accounts look like because the number of accounts tends to be a little bit smaller. They tend to, to fall into more specific personas. For us, when we look at the SMB market, there is just such a wide variety of, of different types of businesses, whether it's a, a three-person little agency that we're selling into or a 20-person local um, handyman services shop. There's no kind of set buyer persona for the SMB market for us. And so that's why rather than um, try and create you know dozens and dozens um, to, to to fit all these different tiny business profiles, uh, the inbound approach kind of works better going after people that are seeking out a solution like ours. 
It makes sense too, because at least you know from an S and B perspective, there's usually you know one or two folks on marketing. There, there, there's not a huge operation that you would have at a enterprise level company where you can really target and figure out exactly who you want to you know target as your mobilizer with an account based marketing campaign. So. Yeah, I mean, going off that, I, I agree completely. And there's usually one buyer, like like you said. Whereas in an enterprise, there are usually multiple ones. It's a much longer sales cycle. It's a it's just more complicated process. And so ABM tactics lend themselves more to that lengthy, expensive uh, sales process. Whereas you don't necessarily need to be investing quite that much amount of sophistication if you're just selling to one person over, you know, maybe a one month period. And I, I think that's a perfect transition into a you know conversation around omnichannel. Uh, do you think omnichannel sort of lags behind from a B two B perspective uh, from B two C? I feel like you know across the board, a lot of folks say that a lot of B two B tactics are sort of from B two C companies. They're sort of the leaders. Uh, what would you say though with regard to omnichannel? Are are they the leader? Are you sort of looking to them, or what, what would you say? I would say, kind of grudgingly, I think they are the leaders. Um, I do agree that B2B marketing has lagged a little bit in the the sense of embracing omni-channel marketing. Uh, I think there are a few different reasons. One, I think, is um, it's just taken marketers a while to really understand that in today's world, B2B marketers are are doing their research and are, are learning across a variety of channels. I think Social is a good example. Most marketers, B2B marketers, are using it today, but if you asked them three years ago, it was still still very new and sort of a, a risky, untested area. So unlike B2C marketers, I think it's taken B2B a while just to sort of wrap their head or heads around that concept that B2B is no longer just defined to someone's role when they're sitting at their desk nine to five during the week. And so as, that, as we've come to realize that, I think technologies have sort of caught up as well to serve B2B marketers uh, a little bit better. And now I think is, is sort of the big race, if you will, for B2B marketers to just tie all the different pieces together, like B2C marketers have been doing um, pretty effectively for the past few years. For sure. And I think, I mean, even using that, you know, example of social, B2B marketers have, I feel like, quickly adopted the, the channel because now, you know, most B2C companies are sort of engaging with prospects sort of 24-7 almost. And I've started to see that more and more, especially over the past year, where, you're not just seeing tweets about a company or about, you know, marketing in general, nine to five, you're seeing it, as you said, you know, in the evenings, in the mornings, on the weekends. So really sort of embracing that idea of you can engage with someone. It may not be, they may not fully be engaged with a, an ad or a piece of content, but they may, from an account-based marketing perspective, you know, at least be aware of your brand and be more likely to come back to you when they get in the office um, from nine to five. Monday through Friday, so um, I think that's a that's a great point. It's interesting too, B two B marketers. We sort of I talked to Sangram yesterday, and he was saying that sales for the longest time has been doing this account based selling. They sort of know they're sort of I guess leading that charge, and then obviously B two B versus B two C, we're once again behind. It's like what the heck? We're but uh, you know the place to sort of get ahead of the curve, obviously, and for B two B marketers to sort of lead the charge is at events like this, at serious decisions. So um, what uh, I guess the theme of this conference is uh, the idea of intelligent growth and uh, you know growing your demand gen strategy from that concept. How would you though, uh, Julia, sort of frame the way that you guys look at demand gen from a intelligent growth perspective? Intelligent growth, I think, is a great term um, because it's not about fast growth or um, cheap growth or, you know, whatever it takes. So I think how we approach it are, are 
it's basically twofold. One, um, with scalability in mind. So making sure that we have the resources and we're not overextending ourselves and, and trying to kind of push too fast beyond our capabilities. Um, really being smart with what we spend our time on and not kind of wasting our time um, with all the bright, new, shiny objects. Really just focusing on, um, going, well, actually going back to that big goal, right? What's our, what's our big goal? What's our revenue and pipeline goal? What are the segments that are going to help us achieve that goal? And then what are the programs or channels that we know are most effective in hitting those targets? Uh, I think on the other, sort of the counterpart to that is having the data and being smarter and more intelligent about making decisions. So getting really granular level attribution across all of our different um, prospect and customer touch points, whether they're online, whether it's a phone call to our business, whether it's in person, using all that data and then making really smart decisions to only invest in the proven channels and programs that deliver a good pipe to spend ratio for us or a good ROI. Um, and kind of further to that point, uh, th this is sort of conference season for us, right? We were at MarTech, uh, Marketo Summit two weeks ago, um, Serious Decisions Now, the Flip My Funnel events. There are so many different technology vendors out there, and it's really easy to get caught up and think that you need everything. Um, but I think it's part of intelligent growth as well is really focusing on what are the, the marketing problems that you absolutely need to solve, not the nice-to-haves, but the absolutely you need to solve, and, and how will they further your, your business goals. Um, using those technologies to the to really their fullest extent and just focusing on that, that subset uh, and only seek out new technology if there's a new problem you want to solve or a new um, strategy that you want to approach yeah how do you how do you look at that Julia what is sort of your your framework for figuring out do you do like a certain number of tests a month or what what how do you sort of frame the way that you look at your Martech stack at, uh, at Invoca so, uh, actually, it, it's a very timely question. Just a couple of weeks ago, um, I met with our, I mean, like my, my wing person, my, my lifesaver, our, our marketing automation expert, Ari, and we kind of mapped through our customer or our prospects kind of path to purchase and the difference in the differences and then the different technologies that we needed for each stage. So looking at things like for generating awareness, for kind of progressing them through that path to purchase, for sales enablement, and we looked at all the different, we kind of created a list of for each stage, what tools what are our goals for each stage and then what technology do we need to support us in achieving those goals and and that's kind of how we did it and we did an audit of existing technologies that we already have really questioned are we actually fully using them is there another tool that we are also paying for that could be doing the same thing and and we're able to happily most of the tools we were using are are of benefit to us so we didn't really find too much surplus but we also only found kind of one area that we were still struggling with that we needed to invest in so we decided for this quarter that's the only area that we're going to do any research on um, kind of divided and conquered the two different parts to it to to look at different you know vendors and platforms and whatnot but we we really had to do that in order to figure out what's our focus for q2 and then there were a couple nice to haves on the wish list for more longer term planning and we said, okay, great, those vendors and those technologies we were not going to look at until Q3 because otherwise it can just be such a big distraction and a bit of a time suck um, from day to day, kind of looking at all the different things out there. Yeah, because it's just super, super overwhelming. I mean, there's so much out there. And and as a marketer, too, I'd say there's so much cool marketing happening, you know, and, and I have so much respect when I get a really clever campaign targeting me, even if it's not a technology that I want. It's it's tempting to sort of engage with it because uh, I think being a marketer and being marketed, too, um, it's really fun when you see other folks doing it well. So sometimes I have to sort of, you know, put the, my nice side away and not yeah. spend the time kind of engaging with them, even though they're doing a good job, because it's just not a need for us at the moment. Do you think the, you know, amount of marketing technology companies is going to continue increasing or are we sort of at a, a plateau right now? 
I think it will continue increasing as new needs arrive hmm. arise, excuse me, but I think also we'll continue to see some companies kind of disappear and fade away. At these bigger tech shows, there's always a, a group of vendors that you'll notice one year and then aren't there hmm. the next. And um, I think that's just sort of the natural process, especially when you think of how quickly marketing strategies are changing. Uh, new technologies have to crop up to, to help us support these new strategies. ABM's a great example. There are still some areas of ABM that aren't fully supported by technology. So I would love to see you know, more new vendors in that space. But then there are some other areas that just seem to have so many different vendors claiming to all do the same thing with very little differentiation. So I hope those areas kind of start to amalgamate and shrink up a little bit to provide more room for growth for the new emerging needs. And uh, I guess this will be the final question, Julia. Uh, it's a little tricky, I hope. If it's too hard, let me know. Uh, but if you could summarize the conference so far into one sentence, what, it, what would that be? I would say this Serious Decision Summit is one of the best ecosystems to get hands-on learning and networking from really smart, innovative B2B marketers. Um, I know that's one sentence, so <laughs> that, I'll put a period very, yeah. there, and then I'll also say I've been <laughs> chatting about this before the podcast started, but uh, yesterday is a case study day at Serious Decisions, and that's always one of my favorites, because I find there's really no better way to, to learn about a new strategy or even a new technology than hearing from hands-on stories from practitioners. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I love this show and come back year after year. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, uh, Julia, how can our listeners find out more about you and about Invoca? So check me out on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, both my profiles, you can just search for Julia Stead. Uh, easy to find me. And then would love for you guys to check out Invoca.com and learn more. Uh, we're a call intelligence platform that helps marketers, um, both B2B and B2C, get attribution and full insight into what's driving their inbound calls. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Phenomenal interview, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And to find out more about B2B Nation's Marketing Edition, including our other Serious Decisions episodes, check us out on SoundCloud, where we have an awesome playlist set up for the 2016 Serious Decisions Summit, as well as iTunes, where you can check out our other interviews featuring some of the brightest minds in sales and marketing today. Also, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Follow us at B2B Nation underscore smart. Thanks for listening.